Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. episode of Happy Mom, Happy Baby, the podcast. I don't know why I still say the podcast. It's clear it's a podcast, but there we go. That's why I always say. Uh, I'm really excited about today's guest. Um, he's actually been in my life for 25 years this September. 25 years? Yes, I know. 25 That's years. That's crazy. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're that old. Um, <laughs> uh, many people will know him from Busted, from McBusted. Uh, he's an amazing actor, incredible. If you get the chance to ever see him on stage, please do. He just finished 222 last night. Uh, I went to see him a few weeks ago and I'm very, very proud of him. Um, he is dad to three gorgeous children uh, and married to one of my best mates. It's Matt Willis. Hey. I, in fact, you are one of my best mates. We put you in there. You are... Without doubt, if I talk to you about anyone, I uh, and I, and I me, and my, uh, me and Tom say this to you all the time, so it's it's fine. Uh, but we will literally say that you are one of the world's greatest humans. You're one of the best people that we know. Thank you very much. That's um, that's got me a little bit. Thank, thank, <laughs> thanks so much, Jay. I really appreciate that. You know, we're so fond of you guys. You know, you're absolutely brilliant, and we're so pleased you're in our life Aww. in such a big way as well. 
It's so great. And we also get yeah. the added bonus of seeing each other on the school run. We do. Which may... <laughs> we do. It's a nice way to start the day. Do you know what? I'm so pleased to see you on the school run because I'm not going to lie, the school run was always one of the worst parts of being a parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was never really... Um, <clears throat> I was always the weird one. You know, like I was always like... I remember very vividly, like picking up... I was in McBusted yeah. and I had green hair, like <laughs> bright green tennis ball hair. And I was, um, we were at a photo shoot and I rushed back from the photo shoot because I had to pick up Isabel from school. And um, I rushed back and I went to the gate and I picked her up and we walk into the car and she went, Daddy, when you next pick me up, please wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> she was about seven. I was like, Wiz, what? You know, and she was like, she's like, you're already the one with tattoos. She goes, now you've got green hair. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I'm embarrassing Dad already. And um, then we started and Tom came in with his blue hair and his tattoos. And exactly, <laughs> exactly. I was like, great, brilliant. Yeah, more rejects, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is funny, though, if you think, like, we started our friendship off yeah. at school and now we are back at school, but for our kids. Yeah, it's so strange, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I remember you and Tom at school so well, you mm. know. I mean, me and Tom had a funny relationship at school because he was mates with that other kid, um, James, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I, did, uh, I don't know, they used, to take, they used to say things that used to really annoy me. Aww. You know, I was, I, was, I, I don't know, like, um, I, didn't, I didn't take banter very well. You know, you? <laughs> not as well as I gave it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like okay, so I okay. kind of laugh it off, but I'd be like, that. <sighs> you know, and um, and so Tom was always in that in that bracket for me. But then we became such good mates. It's like yeah. um, it's funny, isn't it? You're not very close at school, and then you leave school, and suddenly well, and and the fact that school for us was 140 people yeah. in its entirety. Like you, you were two years above us. Yeah, yeah, but, but you, you knew everyone. Yeah, yeah, and Thursday, Fridays, everyone mixes up, so you're not actually yeah. just with your school year the whole time. You're with the whole school. Yeah, and was Ro was Ronnie in your year? Yeah, yeah, Ronnie yeah. Quirk was yeah. a good mate of mine. You know, yeah. so me and him used to meet up on the way to school. What did meet... you used to do on your way to school, then, mate? <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to meet at Embankment Station. Right. Like, um, I used to get off the uh, the Bakerloo line at Embankment, meet him outside. We used to go for a cup of cheeky fag, <laughs> and then um, and then get a school. <laughs> like, but I was I was fourteen, so he would have been twelve. <laughs> <laughs> me and it, and he was small, you know. Yeah. So I was like, me and this little twelve-year-old kid were smoking fags outside of. He was a proper gazer. He was a proper lad. Yeah, yeah. He was I love it. My, my trip to school was I used to get there really, really early, uh, and I used to do that so that first of all I could see Tom. I would have yeah. a little cheeky wave, or whatever, cheeky uh, smoke before school. Uh, but also, I'd stop at the cafe to get a bacon uh, bacon sandwich. I drive past that cafe all the time. No, because because um, I remember in year eleven we got to go out for lunch, yes. and I used to Big go time. there almost every day. Really? Yeah, I used to love it. I was going to have a go to the chip shop next door um, or the calf. It's so funny. I think when you think of people going to like theatre school and that pushiness, yeah. I think people just think that we're going to be like have smoothies shoved down our throats the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But actually, nothing like that ever went on. No, not at all. No, no. I ate super noodles the entire time I was there. You know, like you used to be able to, <laughs> they used to um, sell like what do they sell like toasties and things. Yeah, that was all there was. Yeah, then. all there was yeah. was toasties, and um, and I used to bring in like some Tesco value noodles in like a Tupperware and put some boiling water with them. That was my lunch every day. About mine, from when I got to go to cafe. Mine was rice with a stock cube. I used to oh, really? make it before I left. <laughs> 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 it was so healthy. Nutrition. <laughs> we were so happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're dancing and doing like movement and everything all day long. Let's just, yeah. you know, let's just plan with rubbish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, do you look back on those days as 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 great? Oh, I just think we were so lucky to have we have that. You know, yeah. to have that in our lives. Mm. What was life like for you outside of that growing up? Um, were you the only person that you know that did sort of all your singing and acting? 
Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Right. Well, I never, I, I didn't really do it until I went to Sylvia's. Really, I kind of, um, well, my mum used to make me, like, I'd always sung yeah. you know, since I was a kid. But my brother was the one who was kind of like the singer and the guitar player and going to be a rock star. And like, I was not allowed to play his guitar. It was in the room. <laughs> and once I remember, I, I played it when he was out. I was trying to play Wonderwall again and again and again. And um, and I broke a string. Oh no! And I was absolutely terrified. And I knew he was coming home. I was in so much trouble for that. But he was always the one who was kind of like, you know, going to be, you know, doing that. And I was kind of like, just not really. I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't really part of my life, really. And then and then I started singing, and my mum made me do a talent show in Haven Holiday Camp, you know, and I and I won. And like then. She was off, right? And, and she was like, "Right, we've got a medal pushed aside." Yeah, but then, but then my brother wasn't interested because he was like, "I don't want to sing in talent show," you know. And um, and uh, and I was like, then most weekends she'd drive me to some random theatre in like Woking or something, and we'd have to do some talent show singing competition, um, at, like literally like for about a year. Every really, weekend. we'd just get in a car. And we drive someplace, and I'd win a medal, you know. And like, then we talk about it for a couple of weeks, and then we go do another one, you know. It was like a, a talking point, at like family things, you know. So it was kind of like um, that was my first kind of intro to it. And then, literally, I sung again at that Haven Holiday Camp, yeah. And someone in the audience worked at Sylvia's. No, yeah. I was like, was like, I think um, you should meet a friend of mine who works at, uh, who works in in like full time at Sylvia's, and they were doing a. Um, open call for yeah. the scholarship and I went for that. I just literally from like going to like a regular school where there's kind of fights in the corridors and all that kind of stuff to going to Sylvia's <laughs> where people are singing Les Mis and pirouetting in the corridors. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, this is a bit of a culture shock. Like I'd never heard anything like that before. I'd never heard like Les Mis or anything like really? that. Really? No, nothing. So I kind of went there going, wow. And you know, like, um, and uh, it was just, it was just completely mind blowing. But I absolutely grabbed it with both hands. I was like, I remember, like, going there and kind of knowing of Sylvia's because of the Spice Girls video where yeah. Emma Bunn wore that uniform, and um, and like, so kind of hearing about Sylvia Young as a place that stars are born, and all that <laughs> kind of stuff, you know. And um, and in my class, Billy Piper was in my class, yeah, and she was there for about three months, and then suddenly. She wasn't in class anymore. I was like, where's Billy? They were like, oh, she's um, signed a record deal. I was like, what? <laughs> she's like 15. And they were like, yeah, yeah, signed a record deal. She's going to have a song coming out. I was like, what? Suddenly, you know, Billy Piper was out. Yeah. And I was like, wow, she was in class with me. This is kind of, this is possible. You know, and it kind of changed my kind of, I don't know, my world in a way. I was like, wow, these things are actually achievable for people like me. Yeah. You know, so it was, um, it was a real kind of like massive moment. How would you describe your childhood? I don't know, tricky, mm. you know. I was kind of quite lost, you know. I was kind of quite a... Um, I wasn't very happy at home, you know, and um, I had kind of lots of stuff going on, yeah. you know, and um, which was uh, difficult for a kid to deal with and understand. And, um, and I, I kind of... Um, and so I kind of... I was never really there, you mm. know. I kind of... Um, as soon as I was old enough to kind of be out and about, I was out and about. So, like, I'd leave Sylvia's and not come home until bed. You know, like I just kind of like, um, I kind of wake up, leave, yeah. you know, come home, go to sleep, you know, that kind of thing. You know, so it was, um, it was very, uh, I was quite troublesome. I was quite kind of mixed up in kind of quite a lot of trouble. Not because it was kind of like, I searched it out. Really? If I'm honest, I kind of like, I was always the one who was kind of like, right, where's the, you know, what's going on? Yeah, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. I just kind of wanted something to 
something to do, you know, something to kind of like fill me with a bit of something, you know. And, um, you know, it's so weird, like kind of like the childhood I had and the childhood my children hopefully have, you know, it's kind of very, I'm very aware of that, Mm. you know, I kind of very, you know, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because then it kind of becomes sometimes something else for me where I feel this guilt for work, you know, and I kind of feel this, um, that I was away with, I was touring with, with waitress for about 10 months and, um, and, um, like lockdown had been happening, you know. So like I was like, someone offered me a job for ten months. I was like, touring's fine, you know. I've been on tour most. We of my can life. make it work. I've been on tour most of my life. It's fine. Yeah. You're used to it, you know. But actually, that was really, really hard yeah. on my family. I think, and it was kind of a, it was, you know, it was one of those decisions you made, and you kind of look back and you go, maybe that wasn't the best one for our family. But it was, um, and it's funny. It always kind of, I heard someone say that, you know, kids will never look back and gonna go. Yeah, Daddy wasn't there, but I got a great new bike at Christmas. Mm. You know, they're never going to look back and say that. You know, yeah. they're always going to go. You know, so I'm very aware of that, and I really don't want them to. I don't want to miss out yeah. on that stuff. You know, so it's very hard kind of balancing that now. It's that parent guilt. I think it's talked yeah. a lot about mum guilt in in that sense of yeah. work, but actually, it does happen with dads as well. And I think it is something important that we have to talk about. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's a real a real kind of. Um, stereotypical view of kind of like the provider role yeah. you know which i think is bullshit you know yeah. I, think, I think it's um you know we're a team me and emma you know we're trying to kind of balance that out and we're both better at different things you know quite dramatically mm. you know but um but it's um we really try and balance it out so and sometimes we'll be working a lot and sometimes we'll go no you know yeah. like we need to kind of be you know at home and it's um and that's tough but we kind of we kind of always find ways of making it work in mm. a way, you know. Like la- this last kind of eighteen months has been quite full on for me, which has been, um, but not so much for Emma. Yeah. And and then before then it was the other way around, you know. So it's yeah. kind of been, it's kind of, it's kind of like that a little bit with our lives. But then and then there'll suddenly be time when we're both around, mm-hmm. you know, which is great. So it's kind of, um, but um, you know, it's funny in this kind of weird business we call show. You know, like, like, you know, like things come and go and, yeah. you know, like, um, and being an actor, we kind of, you know, we never know what's going to come no. and like, we just got to take things when we get them sometimes, you know, and then yeah. we're going to weigh them up a little bit, you know, but, um, you know. Did you always think you'd have a family? All I ever wanted to be in the world was a dad. Really? Yeah. Like when I think back to it, the only thing I ever wanted was to be a dad and, um, and, uh, I really, it was so important to me, you know, like, um, I never really thought I would, I don't know, I think back to being a kid and I kind of, I used to, but I used to think that love was kind of made up, mm. like Neverland, you know, like I thought it was just this made up thing that people kind of like said, I was like, I don't really, I never really felt like I felt that. Right. You know, I felt a bit like a robot when I was a kid. I never really had many... I learned to kind of suppress kind yeah. of feelings and kind of emotions and kind of like whenever I showed them, it made things worse, you know. So I kind of, um, I learned to kind of like, in a bad way, to kind of not have them, mm. you know. So I kind of didn't really feel that emotion. But I looked at other people's families and when there'd be like a, like a, like for instance, Emma's family are this kind of like, when I first started dating Emma and I go around to her house, I'd be like, wow, you got, 
you guys actually want to hang out with each other. <laughs> you know, like you actually want to be together and all you want is to sit down and kind of be together on the sofas and stuff. I was like, wow, this is really uncomfortable and weird for me. You <laughs> really? Know, like I found it so strange. Like I just wanted to get out. I didn't really kind of know what to do or yeah. how, to, how to chill. You know, and those kind of things just were quite alien to me. Yeah. You know, kind of, um, I was like 21, you know, and I'd been in the band and I'd kind of been used to kind of like doing that kind of life. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, it was a very, a very strange experience, you know. But, um, but I looked upon those kind of families when I was young with such envy. You know, and kind of like I really wanted that. Yeah. You know, so um, so I, yeah, I always wanted to be in a family. I'd be a dad. What sort of dad did you think you would be? Quite different to the dad I am. Mm. You know, um, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's funny in it. You kind of like I read all those books. You know, where, well, I, I read some of them. Some <laughs> flick, the, flick, the, the, the beginning of it. <laughs> the introduction. <laughs> you know? I've exactly. got it. I've got it all. Exactly. It's all in there. Yeah, exactly. You know, so all that kind of stuff. You know, and um. And I kind of don't really think I've paid attention to much of that stuff, you know, because I think it's about, I don't know, you know, it's such a weird thing, but I think the more I learn, the more it's about, this is going to sound like a strange word, but service, you know, like in in recovery and kind of in, um, in drinking drugs, service is a big part of that. And I think it's about when you have children, you become it becomes not about you and that's so freeing mm. you know and so kind of beautiful and so and so and so much more rewarding than going for things for a goal for you you know it becomes much more about is this the right thing is this is this for what you know we want and kind of like and so i don't ever begrudge them for having to drive them around or kind of do these kind of annoying things that i hate you know <laughs> going to kids parties and talking to other parents you know like which I don't particularly love, you know, but um, but I um, I don't begrudge that because that's kind of like what I what I want in a way, yeah. you know. I want to kind of be there for them, you know. Yeah, and you want to create an environment for them where where they feel safe and heard and seen. Exactly, exactly. So I know. think that's definitely one thing, you know, because I was we're a few years behind you in terms of our ages, but from our point of view, looking in, you are a family who communicate, you listen to each other. You know, that that is so huge. And actually, if you think about your childhood where maybe you didn't feel that, that yeah. connection, where actually you've created an environment where your kids absolutely have that. Yeah, totally, because you know, they're they're and they're and they're usually right. You know, that's what I mean, not all the time, you know, but like but but it's a I suppose it's like I don't know, in I find it so weird that kids have to make such big decisions about their lives. Yeah. You know, I'm like, they're so young. Mm. Like, how can you make any decisions about what you love or what you don't love? You know, like, I mean, I don't think I've got shit sorted out now and I'm 40 soon. You know, like, how are you supposed to have anything sorted out by the time you're 18? Yeah. You know, like, it's so weird. And, like, in school, like, you know, they, you know, I used to be, I used to be really weird about them trying things and stopping them. Right. Like, like clubs and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I used to be like, and at once I was like, I, I even made them sign a contract. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What you want to do this? Okay, cool. We we can do this. We can we can put out these hours on a Saturday morning to go to this thing. But I want you to sign a contract for twelve weeks. And whatever happens, birthday parties, anything like that, it doesn't matter. If you want to do this, we're doing it every Saturday morning for twelve weeks. And I made them sign a contract. 
Because <laughs> I thought that was about that was now? about commitment. I was like, right, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to be committed, you know, like, and um, and that did not work, you know. <laughs> so what was the learning? Because you're obviously going into that, you think it's a lesson of commitment, but yeah, actually, yeah, totally. what did it become? It became something where we all felt a bit of shame and kind of like and a and and like we're letting the thing down, you know. And it's like, oh my god, this is not what I want at all, you know. You don't want to feel like this, you know. Who cares if you don't make trampolining, you know? Like really, you know, it's not important, you know. So it's like, you know, but you know, you hear about these things and you learn these things and you kind of try them out and you're like, mm, yeah, this doesn't work for us, yeah. you know. And that and that's the thing. I think sometimes we get so set in our ways that it has to be done in this way and actually yeah. kind of working through it together. Is is probably the best thing. Absolutely. You know, it's easy. I can't believe I made them sign the contract. I made them sign the names. <laughs> <laughs> right, Champlain, okay, we're going to go every Saturday morning and we will sign the contract and we'll be there. You know, oh, idiot. Dear. You know, but, you know, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's all learning, isn't it? It's all yeah. kind of like, you know, and also letting them kind of just be free to explore. Yeah. You know, which they're very good at. Yeah. You know, and they find their way, you know, like, I mean, Isabel's so into drama and acting and singing and it's and I was like is this me have I pushed this on her but I don't think I have yeah you know I think you just absorb what you absorb you know and you kind of um you kind of see your you know hopefully people you admire mm. and you want to do what they do I did I watched you know MTV and all these things and kind of was like I want to do this I want yeah. to be like them you know so maybe hopefully they're seeing it in me and Emma you know yeah. so it's like you know and whatever else they're watching you know so um can you remember when you and Emma first decided that you were going to actually start a family? Because I imagine it was something that talk, was talked about with you two pretty early on. No. Was it not? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was kind of, um, Emma was pregnant and it didn't happen. Yeah. You know, and we had a miscarriage when we were away one time and it was really, um, and it happened and it was awful. And then I think when she became pregnant again, I just thought, subconsciously that it would happen again right you know, I just kind of almost prepared myself for that in a way you know so when she was seven months pregnant I was like oh oh shit this is gonna happen I'm gonna have a baby you know like and, um, and then it hit me you yeah. know and then um but I was um so do you think you were almost sort of disconnecting yourself from it a little bit just in case I think so. so. Like protecting yourself in a way. I think so, you know, and, and I was kind of still a bit of a mess in those times, you know, like I was kind of like, I was relapsing and um, I was kind of trying so hard to stay clean and it was kind of, um, and it was a really difficult time for mm. everybody. And um, and then I was... Obviously, um, because of that, I guess your, both of your ways of coping with miscarriage would have been different as well. And also I think sometimes with, with miscarriage and loss, you don't process you you process it process it at different times. Like things can happen, like a pregnancy, that forces you to to look back and and to process what's gone on and kind of address it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I I mean, I don't know whether that was mixed up in the my addiction at the time. I think my addiction was just my addiction, yeah. and it was kind of separate to everything, and it was my my overriding demon that I was kind of trying to kind of battle on a daily basis. And I, and and then when Isabel was born, um, I stayed clean for a while and then I relapsed again when she was about six months old. And I kind of, um, and I missed um, Emma's birthday. She was in, in Birmingham and I kind of, um, I was at um, 
I was doing a TV show at the time and it was the rap party and someone just handed me a glass of champagne and I was off the races that night and I kind of, I turned up at her parents' house at like four in the morning off my head and I was like, it was the worst. And um, But then the next morning, um, I kind of walked down, I knew what I'd done and I'm, and it, and then I kind of, Emma told me that I missed Isabel crawling for the first time. You know, she kind of bum shuffled and stuff, but I never, you know, she never crawled. And she called that that night, and I was, I was in a in a pub in Watford with strangers, and then in a car with strangers. You know, mm. I, I missed that. You know, and it, and it really, um, and it dawned on me that I was going to be a terrible father. It kind of, and it really hit me. You know, like, um, and I saw everything that cycle of shit repeating you know and it and it um it hit me like a ton of bricks yeah you know and it was um you know and everyone talks about kind of rock bottoms and things and i kind of like and i've always been scared of those words because people die at rock bottoms you know like i don't know whether or not we have to hit them or what we can define them as because they're a scary thing to define mm. and like oh it's just all right he hasn't hit his rock bottom yet i think that's a terrifying thing to say because yeah. you know that if we keep searching for it we'll find it yeah you know and it's um and but that for me was the the turning point, and um and I ran out the house and I, I walked down the road and I walked to the pub and I kind of um and I didn't go in and um and I had some gear in my pocket which I chucked in the bin and um and um and I bought a Lucas Aid and I walked back to the house you know and um and I got on my knees and I apologised and I said I was so sorry and I was going to change and I and I really meant it mm. you know for the first time I really meant it you know I'd said it. A thousand times, you know, but that that moment, it it wasn't so much about stopping drinks and drinking drugs. It was about being a terrible father, you know, or, and and losing everything, and and them having to live with that, you know, and um, and it became about something else, and it really um. Well, so I guess if if your whole life you're kind of gearing towards, you said before about you the thing that you wanted to be was yeah. a dad and actually realising that you were going to become the opposite kind of dad to what you wanted and what yeah. you dreamed of. Yeah. And because Absolutely. people can say, you know, you know, and you'd have met loads of people along the way who would share their story, share the realities of their story, you know, the realities of yours. We both know people who have lost their lives because of addiction. Um, but it's one thing, those stories are one thing, but actually the reality of you and in that, the innocence of that moment, actually, yeah, possibly is very different to this other big stuff that's out there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, when I think back to it, I've had so many kind of influential people in my life sit me down, mm. you know, like um, when I think back to it, really pivotal people in my life kind of sat me down and went, Matt, you've got a problem, you've got to sort it out. Yeah. And I was like, what? No, you know, like, you know, and like, and at times I've gone, yeah, because I don't want them to think less of me. Mm. You know, but this was not that. Yeah. This was, this was, this was me realizing that everything I didn't, everything that I had resented and and that had fed my self hatred, my 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 kind of um every dark moment of me, I was then going to inflict on other people. And it was, um, and it was really, 
obvious. <laughs> you know, there was no two ways about it. I couldn't get out of it, and I couldn't, and I couldn't stop. And mm. um, and um, and then I just um, I surrendered. You know, and kind of went. I have a real problem here. I don't know what to do. You know, and um, and I asked for help, and people gave it to me freely. You know, it was um, it was beautiful, and it's been an ongoing thing daily since then. Yeah. You know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's go to um, the births, because yes. that's quite an experience. Yeah. And it's one of those things, again, you can read the books, but until you're in it, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. And actually, every birth is different. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you feel going towards Isabel's Isabel's birth? Because obviously you didn't really connect to the pregnancy for a while. Yeah. But then at seven months, you're in. You're in. You're <laughs> in. Um, I think it was, um, you know, we kind of, um, we'd done the classes. We'd kind of done all that stuff and we kind of... How thought, did you feel doing all that stuff? Did Because obviously at that time you're still, you know, very much pop band member, you know, like yeah. you're in a band well, I mean, busted, busted. Well, he's still um, known for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, very much so. And is it was it a very because uh, one on one hand you're this guitar playing like bass playing you know rock star, and the flip side is you're in an antenatal class or learning how to you know change nappies. Yeah, with with other people. Yeah, you know, which were um, and it was um, I think it kind of like it was very weird walking in. You know, like, and and there was lots of, you know, and like like little people kind of secretly with their cameras, you know, which is always weird, you know. But then, literally within half an hour, we're all like, "What? What? Okay, what's gonna happen?" Yeah, yeah. And there's always the one who knows everything. Right. I was not that one. I was like, "Sorry, what was that?" Okay, okay. All right. You know, it's not going to come out of the belly button. Exactly. What? You know, so what do I do? Yeah, not a lot. Okay, great. <laughs> you know, so it was, um, yeah, it was really, um, those those classes are really weird. But, you know, I um, I learned a lot from them. You know, I kind of, um, I found it quite interesting. You Did know. it help you feel more connected to what was going on? Because obviously it all happens to the woman's body. So it's, you know, it's, it's difficult to know, I think, when you're a man. Yeah. And there is, there is very little that you, I don't know, you feel very powerless. Yeah. You know, you feel very kind of like, right. And it's just like, right, I've got to support as much as I can, you know, and that's and that was uh that was my role, you know. And um and like we um I kinda said to Emma, I think uh, I think your mum should be there when you get Oh 
you know, and she oh, was. She's so amazing. Uh, she's so amazing. Well, she, she's been a nurse for yeah. years, you know. So I was like, I was like, I think your mum should be in there too. As soon as you said was, it was Emma, like, yes. Emma was like, are you great? sure? Great, brilliant, fantastic. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I was 26 and I was kind of like, I have no, you know, I don't think I'm fully equipped for this, you know. But um, but actually, like, Caff was there, but it was very much about us. Yeah. You know, it was very much about us being there. And, um, and Emma was amazing. And then kind of like, you know, things went very slow, then very quickly kind of, wrong mm. in a way and um and in the end we had to have um kind of an emergency c-section which was very scary yeah. you know but i trusted the people that were talking to us you know that like they they told they spoke to me and they and i knew that they were right and mm. what they were doing was the right thing and our um our doctor was incredible you know and he was like he told us exactly what was going on exactly why and we need to do this now and i was like okay great you know i trusted him wholeheartedly you yeah. know so it was um and then it was, um, so it was quite strange, the kind of birth and, you know, but Emma was incredible. She was really calm. She looked a bit scared, but she was, um, she was, um, she looked really scared actually. But then she was, um, she was, she was fantastic, you know, and, and she held Isabel straight away and it was, um, you know, it was all kind of, um, quite hairy at the time. But then I think with Ace, it was, um, it was even more difficult for me. Really? I think, because Ace was really ill when he was first born. Like he was um in the intensive care for about five days mm. in like this little um you know, that that clear box, you know, and you couldn't touch him all the time and you can pick him up and he had all these tubes and this kind of stuff up his nose was all pulled back and he had these things strapped to his face and it was and um and we gone to this kind of like um feel a bit pretentious saying this but we'd gone to this quite posh private hospital and um and we knew how much it cost mm -hmm. and at the time i kind of um got the money for that you know and like we were kind of um um i know i had things coming up with money but at the time i wasn't very fluid yeah and um and i had the money and then every day this unit was costing me so much money and mm -hmm. i could see my bank balance just going down per day mm -hmm. i was like if he's in there two more days, I can't pay for this. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh my God, you know, what do I do? <laughs> you know, and lucky it came out on the day that I had the final check money to pay for it. And like, so I was so, um, I was so relieved that I, I didn't know what to do. I was going to phone a Fletch, our manager, yeah. and go, Fletch, can you give me some money, please? Because I need to keep acing this ITU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was, um, and it was, uh, Yes, it's really stressful because at one time you're like, you need to do whatever you can to make him okay. And I was like, but I need to find money to keep paying for this yeah. place because we kind of, and then there was talks about how do we transfer him to another hospital and all that kind of stuff. And luckily it all, it all worked out okay. Mm. It's really, really stressful. And like, no, you'd never know he was so ill when he was a baby. No, you know, like, never would. Never know. But then I think that about people that, like Will, who was born 12 weeks earlier or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. There's, there's people that are premature and you'd never know. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it's so it's so it's so amazing what they can do these days. Like, yeah, it's so incredible. You know, I mean, they really saved Ace's life. But it was um, and um, when you hear what was wrong, you're like, wow, that would have, you know, if it was sixty years ago, that you would have died. You know? Yeah. Like, wow, that's incredible. And like now, he's like this amazing kid. You know, it's like you'd never know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, how did you feel going into Trixie's birth? I felt pretty chill about Trixie. Really? You know, I was like, well, we've done some pretty chaotic shit. You know, whatever we've got, we can deal with it. And yeah. Trixie was a piece of piss. You know, so it was, uh, 
it was for me. <laughs> you know, maybe not so much. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but um, but yeah, it was um, it was a. Uh, um, I forget actually. Sorry, going back, Isabel wasn't a C-section. She was um, uh, vaginal birth, but she was um, forceps. she was forceps, yeah. forceps birth. So, um, it, um, but then Ace was a, a C-section. But um, I remember hearing that Isabel's birth was really was it was a hairy one. Yeah, it was really kind of like um, you know she had all these marks and forceps on her face, you know, like but um, but she was um, she was all right. But then. And know. in that moment as well, I think whatever you've been through as a couple or whoever your birthing partner is, I think birth is a is a very odd thing because you're it's so life and death. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like in that yeah. moment you realise how close they are. Yeah. And there's uh, like a rawness, a tenderness, a fragility that's in that room that mm. possibly doesn't exist anywhere else in a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, Com- completely. And putting your trust in completely, complete strangers in yeah. a way to do what is the most massive thing that will ever happen to you in your life. Mm. You know, it's just such a weird experience, yeah. isn't it? You know, like, but, um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's so, I mean, Emma's done so much stuff now with, with birth and yeah. kind of like with, um, with delivering babies. She's so obsessed with it. You know, it's kind of like, I mean, I can't believe it's, it's the perfect job for her. You know, it's, you can't believe she gets to do it. You know, she kind of, she kind of loves it. I can't believe she does it. Yeah. And like when she comes back and tells you what happened to that, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I was rehearsing for something, you know, like <laughs> pretending to be someone else all day and you were doing this incredible thing. You know, like it's just like the most insane thing. Like, and these people do this every day. Yeah. It's just so bizarre. Yeah, it feels like she's 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 allowed to be part of something that's so special. Yeah, yeah, and she feels that. She feels yeah. grateful to be there. She's really kind of like, she really feels like she's experiencing something which is the most magical part of someone's life. You know, mm. it's such an amazing thing to be part of. Yeah. Mm. Um, you, you've now got a teenager. Yeah. Um, what so far has been the trickiest part to to navigate? Or do you feel like you're heading into it? Or do you feel I like... I feel like we're experiencing it right now. Are you? Yeah, it's, um, it's moodiness, oh. you know, which is new. You know, um, she's... Uh, she's you know she's 13 she's a female who's going through a lot you know so it's kind of like and she's um and she's different sometimes to i've ever experienced you know i'm like you're suddenly a very different person you know which is shocking for me you know i mean she's incredible you know like the woman she's becoming is is Amazing. I still can't get over the fact that she's taller than me. Like... I know, I know. It blows me away. Yeah, I know, I know. And also what I find so weird right now is the way she dresses and the way she looks. She looks like every girl I went to school with. <laughs> like like the 90s is back in, right? So like it's she's so weird. it's so weird. Like she's dressing the same as the girls that I used to date. You know, she's even got her hair pulled back with two little strands at the front. No. Yeah, like that's a thing again. Oh and I'm like, gosh. this is so weird. Had to be you know. a glitter gel in there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that'll come, that'll come. <laughs> you know, but it's so strange, you know, like, um, and I see that, you know, like, but she's, um, she's changing, you know, and it's, um, and for me, it's, I don't know, I, I, I have to do some, some work around this. I have a real, I have a real, how do I word this? I, I have a real problem with anger. Mm. Like, I'm terrified of it. You know, like, I have a real um, red mist that I'm very 
aware of and I've done lots of work and I meditate every day and I kind of do these things because I'm terrified of that yeah. you know and it's um and I um I really let myself down recently and um I think it's important to to share this because, because I think lots of people go through it you know and it's um and I um I kind of as well as going skiing with the school which can't believe she gets to do these things yeah. you know but like she's going skiing with the school with her mates and um and she was um so she had like a taster lesson or something before she went um and we had to go out that day we were going out and so um she got back from a ski lesson and she was upstairs and i and i kind of went is well can you, you need to get in the shower get ready because we're going to go out and she was like all right i said like, okay so I, <laughs> I left and 20 minutes later i walked up and she was sat on her phone on the bed sitting in her ski gear in ace's room just on the side of the bed with the door shut and i walked in there and um and I went, Isabel, come on, we got to get ready, you know. Like, and she, she went, okay, like this. And then I walked out, and I literally turned round, and Ace was in there, and she was going like, kind of mocking me to Ace, and kind of looking at him, and kind of going mm, like this. And I lost it, really, like, for the first time in a very long time. I completely screamed at her, you know, and um. And it was so disappointing, and I'm so, I was so. In the moment, it felt valid, yeah. you know. Like, um, but I know what that is, and that's my shit. Mm. That's me being mocked, you know, as a kid, yeah. and me then seeing that triggering me, me reacting with the same fucking thing that I was reacted to with, yeah, you know, and and I was, and you know, um, and Emma pulled me aside, and said that's not okay you know and I was seething at the time mm. I was really um I'd really kind of like gone into that state which I haven't been in for such a long time and it was um and but then when she said it it instantly dawned on me what I'd done and um and luckily I I I, I went straight to it but I'm just apologizing I was so sorry and I said I'm so sorry that wasn't you that was me I'm so sorry you did not deserve that I'm so very very sorry and um it's important our kids hear us say sorry as well. You know, we yeah. push so much for... And I I don't necessarily agree with the whole forcing kids to say sorry thing. Like, I, I, I just think I'd rather discuss what has happened. I just, I just, for me, it's it doesn't mean anything if you're forcing your child to say sorry. But yeah. actually what does mean something is if, if you're in a moment and you know that you've done something wrong, you've overreacted, whatever it is, if you say sorry, that's displaying good behaviour. Do you know what I mean? Because people do shit. People Absolutely. act. People do bad things. It doesn't yeah. make them bad people. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's a, that's the thing, isn't it? Is it, is it? Is we're not always right. No. You know, we're often wrong. You know, I mean, and um, and I was really wrong. But and if I, we don't talk about the things like that, the yeah. anger and things like that, and our, our reaction to things, how we can sometimes be shouty parents, however you want to word it, I think even calling it shouty parents kind of diminishes what it actually is and the anger that we feel because of triggers of you know yeah. our own child and stuff and uh, maybe the pressures and stuff that were put on us. If we don't, then we're left with shame yeah. and embarrassment and a feeling of failure. Com- completely. Or we, or we think that that's... Well, were they seeing that now? You know, yeah. and that's 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 a part of me. You yeah. know, when that is not an oh, you know, anger's fine, right? Anger's a, an emotion which you which you and your children should be able to experience. Yeah, you know, but it's how you display that, I think, and how you and and 
when it's wrong, you know, rightly admitting it, yeah. you know. And, um, and so I did really, really apologise and I really hope she kind of took that on. You know, I've talked about her again since yeah. you know, and kind of, kind of told her why that reaction happened to me and I think she kind of understood a bit more, you know. So it's, um, but, you know, it's, um, it's then about having some forgiveness for me in a way, which I'm not always very good at, you know, kind of going and going, okay, you know, you know, maybe not, you maybe not looked at that enough, you know, kind of going, right, what's that? <laughs> Why is that still in you? you and, but that's the thing, because so much of what you do is about unpicking. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. with, with the podcast that you're working on, with the documentary, with all the work that you've done on yourself over the years, mm. it's there, but it, it uh, I guess it's, it's, it's also addressing the fact that even when you address it, doesn't mean that it goes away. Exactly. Yeah. And some parts of things, I think, will just be, you know, like I always used to kind of go, you know, like in, in recovery, this is well called serenity. And it always baffled me. I'm like, what the fuck is that? You know, like, what's this inner peace? You know, I want that. You know, and I was like, well, I'm searching for that. That's what I'm searching for. That's what my life search is, to find inner peace. Actually, the thing I've realised whilst shooting this documentary and kind of whilst going into more about me and kind of like doing a lot more work, I think it'd be quite boring. Really? Yeah, being like, you know, life is struggle. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. really is. Life is fucking hard, you know, and it's about struggle and it's about how you overcome these things and it's about kind of like finding ways to navigate, you know. Um, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i acting like I have all the answers. I don't have any answers, you know, but it's like um, I've actually kind of relinquished that thought of serenity in a piece. It's like a daily kind of reprieve from being a dickhead for me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, like I've, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> I have these things that I do daily and um, sometimes I don't do them. Mm. And I realised that the morning I shouted at Isabel, I hadn't done my daily routine. I right. hadn't done my morning routine because like we, we got up, we got to get ready for um, skiing. We've been, it'd been the, the gap between Christmas and New Year where like you don't know what day it is. Yeah. You know, like you're waking up late, you know, and like I wasn't getting up and doing my stuff that I normally do. Like I normally get up before the kids. I kind of meditate. I get in the cold bath. I kind of do all these kind of things. I work out. I kind of do these things I do daily, which kind of mm. make me a better father, husband, person, you know. Yeah. And um, I hadn't done those things. And, um, and, and sometimes I feel guilty about doing those things because I feel like I'm kind of prioritising myself. And um, right. and I think the other members of my family sometimes think that maybe about, about the stuff that I do as well. But I've kind of learned if I don't do those things, I have a natural ability to be a prick. You know? <laughs> and it's, <laughs> and it, you know, it's like, it's like my, my go-to reaction is, oh, I'm, I'm an absolute dickhead. But your neon you know? sign in your house literally says... Don't be a dick. That's my mantra. You know, that's how I need to live my life on a daily basis. It's like, as long as I'm not being a dick, everything's all right. You know, but like, but like I have a natural tendency to do that. You know, so it's like... Um, Which is so funny, though, because as, as someone who's known you for so long, yeah. I would say that that's absolutely not you. Well, that's because I have to work on it. You know, like, um, like I mean, it's, um, you know, it's kind of, it's, I think, I think, you know, also I'm quite hard on myself. I'm quite kind of... You know, because I can tell you absolutely that you yeah. are not a dick, and I've never Thank seen you. you act in a dickish way. If there's ever a situation, you're someone that we can always rely on to be solid. Thank you very always. much. Thanks, thanks. You know, but um, doesn't mean anything when you've got voices in your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, voices in your head saying you are a horrible human being. You know, but it's um, 
I struggle with those little voices in my head, those mm. little disappointed kind of like self-hatred voices. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been a kind of battle of mine, you know, and I think that can make me, you know, if I'm not careful of them, they can get a bit of a hold of me. Yeah. You know, and I can kind of, and that's how I act differently is if I feel badly about myself, you know, like, um, but if I do these certain things, these certain things that I do daily, I kind of seem to be, you know, all right, you know, and I, I know you should be okay without these things. And sometimes I don't do them and everything's all right. But yeah. then if I miss them too many times, I can kind of be someone I don't necessarily like too much. And yeah. I don't want to feel like that anymore. Are you proud of the dad that you are? And are, and are, you, are you happy with the dad that you've become? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. Like, I am... I, um, that sounds bizarre, but like, my my dad, who wasn't around very much when I was a kid, but whenever I saw him, I was kind of like, I just idolised him. Mm. You know, he came to the show last night. Yeah, I heard. You know, it was so sweet for him to see it, you know. And, like, um, he's not really a theatre geezer, you know. He's a, he's a local pub guy, you know. So he's, um, it was so bizarre. Like, he went with um, Emma and her friends from the Trek. <laughs> yeah, no. So, like, my dad, who's <laughs> the most, like, uh, the most un-theatre geezer ever was sat between Emma and five, six women from the 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 G Trek. Yeah, you know, um, and he was he, he was he was he was in a great mood. He loved it. He had a Aww. fantastic time. But I think um, he was always very much about manners, right. you know, and that was kind of instilled in me from a very young age. And um, and it's something which is, I think, is important. Mm. You know, is is not going overboard, not being like, oh, thank you so, you know, not being yeah. apologetically thankful. But being just having good manners, you know, like and one of the greatest things that happens to me is people telling me my kids have fantastic manners. Yeah. You know, it makes me feel great, you know. So um and it's and it's not I don't have to pick them up on it. You know, I never have to kind of go, Ace remember to say thing, you know, it's, yeah. it's just something that happens, you know, it's always really makes me feel proud. Yeah. You know. But um but they always make me feel proud. They're just they're just really good souls, fun. Yeah. You know, they make me fucking laugh so much. You know, every day they make me laugh, you know, and 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 if you can make me laugh, you know, you're winning, you know, with when it comes to that. But also they can tell me anything, yeah. you know, and they do. They come to me with stuff and I'm like, wow, well, so pleased that we have this relationship that you feel that you can come to me. Like Isabel's come to me with stuff and I'm like, you know, you're coming to your dad with this. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> you know, I don't know what to answer though. He made me talk to mummy. <laughs> I'll have a quick Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll exactly. Come exactly. back to me later. Exactly. Well, I've got a meditation practice for you, Isabel, <laughs> and maybe you should get in a cold bath. You know, but um, <laughs> you know, but it's uh, yeah, I, 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 I love it. I love being a dad. I love it so fucking much. Like, and um, and um, I'm so grateful for it. There's such a a joy every day. If you could write a letter on fatherhood to anyone, who would it be to and what would you say? A letter on fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Who would it be to? I mean, I'd love to write one to my stepdad, but I don't think that's a very good <laughs> idea. Um, I um, I don't know who it would be to. One of the biggest things that has come to me over the last kind of five years is a saying that I was told a lot, which I never really understood, which is this too shall pass, you know? And I think that's so important for everything, yeah. you know, like whatever you're going through, 
whatever's happening, it will end. Mm. You know, if you're in a horrible situation, if you're stuck at home and your life is horrible, it will end. Like not life, but like this situation, yeah. you know, like you, there is always a way out. There's always something coming, yeah. you know, and if you're going through a hard patch, you know, the, it's always darkness before the dawn, you know, like it's always, you know, there, there is, there is, there is always, there, it will end. Yeah. This too shall pass, you know, and it's, um, I've had to tell myself that a few times in my life, you know, when I've been really dark and really down, yeah. you know, like it's kind of like, and it's worked, you know, and it is true, you know. So, um, and um, I remember when I was, when I first had a kid, um, my brother told me um, that whatever it is, it won't last. So if it's bad, don't worry, it won't last. Mm. But if it's good, it won't fucking last. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when it comes to like kids and sleeping and kind of feeding and stuff, you know, if they go, oh my God, they slept for the night, brilliant. <laughs> Just enjoy yeah. that moment He's right Enjoy now. that moment right now because it won't last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, this too shall pass. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we finished the podcast with you finishing three sentences. Okay. The first one is being a dad means... Being of service, you know, kind of, and and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, since having children, I. Since having children, I. Um, feel much older than I thought I would. Um, but that's great because I always felt like a kid. You know, I've always felt like such a child in every environment. I think that's from busted as well. Like mm. I was, all, we were always so young, you know, and everyone around us was so much older since i've had kids suddenly i'm i'm not a kid anymore do you know what I mean i'm like an adult and i've got to look after do you this you relish that responsibility yeah yeah i do i really do i really do and i really take it seriously like i mean being a parent is the most important job you'll ever have in your life yeah. you know and it's um and i take it very seriously a bit too seriously at times like i can sit down and give them these nuggets of knowledge and they just fucking roll their eyes at me. Dad's <laughs> off again. He's read something new, you know. <laughs> you know. So, um, but I do. I take. I take it. Um, I take it very seriously. And I'm happy when. I'm happy when. I'm happy when. My family is happy. You know. I'm happy when. I'm happy when we're all together mm. and we're all smiling. Matt, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, G. What a joy. Thank Sit you. down and talk to her for an hour or two. Yeah. Amazing. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you. Thank you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 